Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay and had a lovely weekend. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It is Monday, March the 20th. And our top story today is that there's even more uncertainty around plans for a huge theme park in North Kent after the company behind it called in financial administrators. The London Resort Project is due to be built on the Swanscombe Peninsula. That's an area of land between Dartford and Gravesend. But there have been several delays because of environmental concerns. Well, now it's been revealed the business has £100 million in debts. However, a spokesman for the company says they have continued commitment to deliver jobs and regeneration on the peninsula and it's understood new proposals are being developed for resubmission to the planning inspectorate. Now, that's the government's planning authority and it's due to happen later this year and work on those plans is continuing. Well, a number of organisations have fought the plans from the very start in a bid to protect the land, which is, in fact, a site of space special scientific interest. Among them is Bug Life. Jamie Robbins is from the Trust and has been speaking to our reporter, Louis Walker. Well, obviously anything that suggests that a London result won't happen from our point of view is good news. It means that there's there's a little slither of hope that the, the wildlife on the peninsula will be safe for the future. But unfortunately, this, this doesn't mean from our point of view that it's gone away. Uh, we're still left with a site that has a nationally significant infrastructure project status dangling over it. So even though the London Resort's gone into administration, uh, there, there is still that lingering threat. So how does the um, nationally important infrastructure status go against the specific the site of specific scientific interests? So are they, is that sort of a bit of a conflict there as well? Well, our sites of special scientific interest, they're the backbone of our wildlife sites in the UK. But unfortunately, the nationally significant infrastructure project status effectively allows it to override that. And even though the London Resort might disappear, that status is still there dangling over the site. And that that prevents the councils, it prevents the businesses, it prevents everyone from making any meaningful decisions about the future of the peninsula. So it's left in a kind of no man's land of there might be a theme park happening, but in the meantime, we can't make plans to try and safeguard that wildlife in the event that it doesn't happen. Uh, so we really need some guidance here to work out how to move forward. Um, we're still committed to making our vision for the Swanscombe Peninsula happen, to make it a, a place for wildlife and people. But uh, with this status hanging over it, it's just this, this barrier to progress. Why? So why is the area important? Why are bug life, why are you so invested in the site in the first place? Well, it's a site that's absolutely teeming with wildlife. It's, it's one of only two sites in the UK for the fantastic distinguished jumping spider. But there's, there's thousands of other species of wildlife found there, rare spiders, rare bees, rare beetles, nightingales and man orchids and otters and water voles. It's everything you could want on a wildlife site, which is why we've been saying for a few years now, this is just not the place to build a theme park. Um, so we, we've got a vision of making it somewhere for people and, uh, people and that wildlife to thrive. And we want to make it happen. But as long as this NSIP status is hanging over it, it kind of it stops us being able to progress it. And the interesting thing is that the London Resort are now saying that they're going to come back with a scaled down vision of their plans. However, in the meantime, even if they do produce these scaled down plans, we still can't look at how to safeguard the future for the rest of the site. 
because that NSIP status is a blanket across the whole peninsula. It's actually 11 years since the plans for London Resort were first announced. ITV and the BBC jumped on board back in 2019. And later that year, the man behind the Millennium Dome, P.Y. Jabot, was named as the new chief executive. Fast forward three years and the Beeb and ITV cut ties with the project and local MP Gareth Johnson withdrew his support too. This is what he had to say at the time. Yeah, initially... The idea of a theme park was a good one. I supported it. I thought that actually this could bring jobs to the area. And it's become increasingly clear, however, that over the last 10 years, jobs have actually been lost as a consequence of the theme park proposals because the businesses that exist on the peninsula now are unable to plan for the future. And that has held them back and cost jobs. So we've got to now look at what's the future for the Swanscombe Peninsula. And I think that we can turn this into a local asset not just for people today, but for future generations as well. And we can ensure that it's opened up so that local people could enjoy that for walks, for wildlife, just for, for local school children to learn and understand about the importance of wildlife. And that's not sort of an unrealistic aspiration. This is something with a small, modest amount of investment is really quite possible. You know, to have this wonderful asset on our doorstep is something that we should see as an opportunity now to turn this into a place that we're all proud of, all enjoy visiting, and is vital for the local environment. Well, you can read about the latest developments and let us know what you think today by heading to kentonline.co.uk. We've also got a really in-depth story about the background to this project and a timeline as to how it's developed over recent years. And, of course, you can leave a comment on that story too or message us via our socials. Kent Online News. The Home Secretary says she's prepared to change laws to make it easier to sack rogue police officers. The Met Commissioner reckons hundreds could be getting away with misconduct and even criminal behaviour with no way of removing them. Suella Braverman's admitted there are serious problems in policing. A review following the murder of Sarah Everard by a serving officer from Deal is due to be published later this week. Meantime, the Home Secretary says she's feeling encouraged after discussions between the UK government and European Court of Human Rights about the controversial Rwanda policy. Now, plans to relocate asylum seekers who cross the Channel to Kent in small boats have been delayed because of legal issues. Suella Braverman's been in Rwanda over the weekend to see some of the accommodation that would be used and is hoping to start flights in the summer. I'm really confident on the back of the progress that I've seen here in Kigali that we will be able to operationalise this world-leading agreement uh, very, very soon. There are calls for more action to tackle anti-social bikers at a park in Chatham. People living near Barnfield Recreation Ground have complained about riders causing noise and damaging the grass. The council say they're looking into what measures they can use to stop it happening. A garden shed's been destroyed by an out-of-control bonfire in Ramsgate. A wooden gazebo was also damaged on Newington Road yesterday evening. Crews managed to put out the blaze and have issued a warning, urging us to be careful when lighting fires outside. Meantime, firefighters have been called to Edenbridge near Sevenoaks after a caravan caught alight. Luckily, no-one was inside when the blaze broke out on Hever Road last night. It also spread to a nearby shed before crews managed to put out the flames. Now, you may well have heard on the podcast before that bison have been introduced to woodland near Canterbury. In fact, they hit the headlines when it turned out one of them must have been pregnant when they arrived and a little baby calf joined the herd. Well, now cattle, ponies and even pigs have been released into the wild and are freely roaming in West Blink.
Colleen and Thorndon Woods. Bison Ranger Tom Gibbs, Area Manager Matt Hayes, Director of Conservation for the Kent Wildlife Trust Paul Hadaway and Area Manager Alison Reuter have been speaking to the podcast. Between all of them, they have all of these different little um, key features within their, their grazing um, and together it's going to give uh, the wildlife here and the, um, the ecosystem the biggest potential boost um, and support that biodiversity and, and bioabundance. With all this infrastructure, we're moving much more to a natural processes um, way of managing the site. In the past, we've had lots of machinery doing forestry works, um, chainsaws and big tractors and things doing, doing, doing all the forestry works because this has been managed as a commercial forestry crop with conifer plantations and, and the like. So now we're moving away from that and we're letting the animals um, do the management of the site and we'll be looking after them and enabling them to do most of the work that we used to do. So this is just one part, this is phase one, this is Wilderpling phase one and, and bison are exciting, of course they are, and, and the project is exciting, the concepts, but actually Bleen is a much bigger area, West Bleen Woods is just one component part, so we're already talking to other um, woodland managers in the area, including the RSPV, Woodland Trust, Natural England, the Forestry Commission, and we're really looking at our own sites to begin to look at how we can create a core grazing area through this landscape. But at the moment it's about how many of those woods we can have grazed, how we can facilitate the movement of those animals through that landscape. And that's going to be bison tunnels on this site, it's going to be road connections, cattle gridding, hopefully, and we're just about to start with some very exciting news around how you get a bison and other animals across the road. I can't talk any more about it right now, but that is a, another exciting kind of pioneering element of this scheme that's going to be coming forward in the future. The best thing people can do to keep our animals safe and healthy is to give them that nice 10 metre gap, give them a nice wide berth if you are lucky enough to find them when you're walking in the woods. Feeding them create, encourages them to fight with each other. Feeding them can encourage them to be eating the wrong things. It changes their behaviour. So if you would feed a pony, it will come back to the same point for that food rather than moving naturally around the woodland and using the woodland as it would in the wild. So you're changing all of its behaviour and potentially causing a problem um, and more likely to injure themselves while they argue amongst themselves over food. So it's really important that people give them lots of space to let them be wild. Kent Online reports. Tributes have been paid over the weekend to the brother of comedian and panto star Lloyd Hollett, who's died after contracting COVID. Dean was just 50 and passed away at his home in Margate on Friday, two days after testing positive for the illness. Tapao lead singer Carol Decker has expressed her shock and sadness, describing him as their fan, friend and master of their Facebook. Our thoughts are very much with Dean's family. More than 6,000 people have signed a petition urging Eurostar to bring services back to Ashford and Ebbsfleet. Trains to and from Europe haven't stopped at the station since before the pandemic, which means passengers from Kent need to travel all the way into London to catch the service. But the companies previously said no changes will be made until at least 2025. People living in Deal have criticised developers who are making a third attempt to force through a bid to double the size of a housing estate. There's already permission for 110 homes on land off London Road in Sheldon, and the company behind the plans want to build 100 120 more nearby. That number's been revised down from 150 to try and get proposals approved by the council, but residents say it'll still have a huge impact on local roads and services. Meantime, Britain's oldest school near Canterbury is set to make more than a million pounds when it sells off an area of land earmarked for a new housing estate.
Street. King's was founded in the year 597 and charges more than £40,000 a year for pupils to attend. Some of their fields in Sturry have been leased to farmers, but they're now going to be used for a 630 home development, which has already been approved by the council. Next today, and we're going to be hearing from a man from Sevenoaks who's living with the same rare form of dementia as actor Bruce Willis and says he intends to live life to the full. Eamon Dobbin was diagnosed with FTD dementia four years ago and since then has been unable to work, has lost the ability to read and write and has seen his mobility decrease. The condition hit the headlines when it was revealed last month that Hollywood actor Bruce Willis had been diagnosed with the same thing and sadly there is no cure. Well, 60-year-old Eamon has found that new technology allows him to work around a lot of day-to-day problems and he's been speaking to our reporter, Keely Greenwood. It was back in 2017, my partner uh, started noticing that I would forget the conversations we'd had and also what I'd eaten last night and what I'd watched on telly. And she's worked in a nursing home for dementia for 33 years as a senior, so she said, I think there's a problem. So we went to the doctors and the first comment of the doctor was, you're too young for dementia. Never heard of young onset dementia. So my partner stuck her heels in and said, you are a fool in that kind of word. And eventually, um, after a while, we got sent to the memory clinic. When I went to the memory clinic, we, I was looked at by a young lady who I think recently qualified. And as far as she was concerned, I didn't have dementia. My partner again stood in, stuck her heels in and said, yes, he has it's progressing and eventually they said all right we'll send him for an MRI after an MRI come back they went you've got damage to the frontal lobe and you've also got uh, a precipital lobe damage as well so it's temporal frontal lobe dementia and they said and with the discussions about your behavior it's behavioral variance so you can become short-tempered I went oh yeah so that's how I got to my diagnosis so it eventually took just over two years um, they tried me on my first lot of medication, totally didn't agree with me, uh, so after two months I was taken off and it took about another four and a half months on steroids to get it out of my system. Right. They put me on a different form of medication now, I'm on um, Epilem, which is the same for epilepsy, right. and it works really well. Um, at the moment the world has got tinted glasses, rose tinted glasses. Once I was diagnosed I went back to the memory clinic where they prescribe my drugs and said basically, um, put all your stuff in order, try and keep fit and eat healthily. That was their request. And the neurosurgeon, who was a little bit more old school, um, said to me, um, I require your driving license within seven days to go to DVLA. And I was a multi-drop driver at the time. So I went back on the Friday afternoon to my manager and said, "Um, I've just lost my license. I've just lost my job. So as you can imagine, the problems that occur with half the family or half the income of the household gone immediately. Yes. And getting things like benefit and pips for some of my age was an absolute nightmare. Oh, so could you get another job that wasn't driving or is it hard to work? Most people ask you, have you got anything um, ill with your HR? As soon as you mention the word dementia, no, won't touch you. Oh, Even most of my friends vanished. Yeah. A lot of them can't deal with it. Yeah. So how does it manifest? Because you seem... 
normal. Oh, well, yeah, I know. <laughs> what does dementia look like? That's yeah. the whole point. You don't know. Um, I'm, I'm forgetful, but I've got gadgets to sort myself out. Right. Um, Alexa's my best mate in the mornings. Um, my partner, who's now my carer, because the relationship breaks down after you get diagnosed, um, she become my my carer, and that was it. Oh. Uh, but nine out of ten times, that is what happens. So, what does she need to do as your carer that you can't do? <sighs> Not a great deal really, but what she does is give me structure. Uh, once a month she orders all my pills, um, so that I've got a, a pill box that lasts a month at a time, so she puts it all in there, makes sure I've got the right one for the morning, the right one for the evening. So I've got a reminder on my watch which tells me at 9 o'clock at night to take my pills, and 8 o'clock in the morning to take my pills. And they're just memory pills, are they really? Well no, it's for the, it's for the brain, to slow the brain down, because right. depending on how it affects you, you can either become, become very lethargic or you become hyperactive, right. a bit like ADHD. Yeah. Um, the way to describe it is the brain, as it's deteriorating, um, it's like a hard drive on a computer. Like a hard drive on a computer, and it's gently deleting files. Right. So it all depends on what file it's going to delete next as to what the next thing occurring is. In my occurrence, it's mobility. I right. used to be running around with a trolley multi-drop driving, now I can't walk 200 yards. Oh. Hence the mobility scooter. Oh, okay. Um, I can't write anymore. Um, I was dyslexic anyway, but now, between that and my writing, it's pretty uh, non-existent. So I've learnt through the Outtime Society how to dictate to my computer, and any emails and that I send, I, I speak to. Because I've been reading about it, and speaking is supposed to be another thing that can go. Yes. You can't find the right word. Yes. So you haven't had that. Nope. Yeah. I haven't got that. Mine is uh, mobility, uh, sense of balance a bit. Um, I have, but my council is very good. They put a walking shower in for me. Um, but my mobility and my balance is gone, um, and it's just basically my um, short-term memory as well as like the writing and reading, but I listen to a lot of audio books. Kent Online reports. Beachgoers at a secluded section of coastline on Sheppey say it's being used as a dumping site. At Kent Online today, you can see video of trucks allegedly tipping rubbish off the clifftops by East Church Gap. It's said to be building contractors' scraps mixed with plastic, but there's also reports of human waste there. The Environment Agency is investigating. A children's shoe shop in Sevenoaks that's been open for more than 130 years is closing down. Hodes has been run by four generations of the same family since 1889 but the owners say rising costs since Covid have made trading too difficult. Their electricity bill alone has gone up sevenfold. They're planning to shut at the end of September. Better news for shoppers, though. You'll soon be able to use some car parks in Medway for free on a Monday. The council is scrapping fees after 9am at 10 sites across Chatham, Rochester, Gillingham, Raynham and Strood. It's hoped it'll boost footfall on the high streets and help support local businesses. Changes will come into effect next week. Now, there's been more speculation over the weekend as to whether Banksy has been back in Kent. After his artwork that appeared on the side of an old farmhouse in Herne Bay was destroyed, he posted a video from an open session in Margate on his Instagram. A spoken word artist takes a light-hearted dig at how social problems can be overlooked when a Banksy artwork turns up. You may remember that one was painted on the side of a house in the town on Valentine's Day. Well, here's some of that performance. <laughs> Gentlemen, 
but there's a Banksy in Margate now. The cost of living crisis, but there's a Banksy in Margate now. Trans children are being murdered in broad daylight, but there's a Banksy in Margate now. Drunk driver runs over a little boy, but there's a Banksy in Margate now. Nationalists attack asylum seekers, but there's a Banksy in Margate now. Respect and decency have died a slow death, but there's a Banksy in Some have even suggested Banksy may have been in the audience to film it. And Miley Cyrus has made it another week at number one on the Kent Top 40 over on our sister radio station KMFM with her song Flowers. She's equaled the record of nine weeks at the top, which was set by Harry Styles with As It Was. Heaven by Noel Horan is at number two this week with Lizzo's special at three. Kent Online Sports. Football and it was a defeat for Gillingham at the weekend. They were beaten 2-0 away at Walsall, which means they're now seven points clear of the League 2 drop zone. Manager Neil Harris says it was a disappointing result, but he's hoping it's just a bit of a blip in their good run of form. Firstly, disappointed we lost, obviously. Um, first half, not not a lot in it. Any 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 time either team took care of the football, there were chances. Um, we got into really good areas, had some chances. Glenn's had to make a couple of saves for, for us. Um, there's nothing in the game first half. Second half, I thought would be very similar. Um, I fancied us to get stronger as the game went on. Um, and then the first goal really changes it, doesn't it? First goal changes it, a deflection. The ball's going straight at Glenn. It's an easy save. Uh, deflection to the other corner. Um, then you're chasing the game. And I thought we chased quite well at times. And, and we looked really threatening without without creating clear-cut chances. Um, we, we looked quite threatening and quite controlled. Um, second goal is a poor goal, but we get, we, we, we get done when we're chasing with a lot of attacking players on the pitch. A couple of half chances, second half, didn't we? A couple from uh, that fell to, to Dominic Jeffries. But apart from the goals, there wasn't really an awful lot in the game, really, was there? No, typical League Two game, not a lot in it. Lacked a bit of quality at times. Pitch was very difficult, yeah. really difficult. Um, like I said, any time either team took a little bit of composure and quality, then, then you know, we got into really good areas. Um, I thought we put some really good balls in the box and I was a little bit disappointed that um, a big man up front didn't get on a couple of them. Um, um, so uh, yeah, lads been brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Feel you know, class um, twenty four points for twelve games till today. Uh, today, like I thought we we were poor in training Thursday, a little bit better yesterday, and I warned the players that that we've done brilliantly. But sometimes you just when you go so well for so long, there is that little little lull somewhere. Um, so I'm hoping that's it today um, because we have to be much better Tuesday night against Crew. You said yourself a little while ago there were going to be bumps in the road. You weren't going to win every game between now and the end of the season. Hopefully, as you just said, just a little bump. Yeah, that's it. And that's, uh, I've just I've left a little bit on the players in there. Uh, gentle, gentle, gentle reminders, shall we say, uh, responsibilities and, and standards that I expect. Um, so it's down to them to respond uh, individually and collectively. Uh, but they, they have been great for us as a football club. They've been, they've been terrific and. Um, Today's a disappointment, but it needs to be that bump in the road. You know, when when we've had them before against Bradford and, and Mansfield against, albeit two really informed good sides. Um, today's the first time I've come away really disappointed against a team I thought we were better than, um, and, and not got a result. So um, it's down to the players now me to pick them up Monday but it's down to them to respond The Jills can bounce straight back on Tuesday night when they host Crew Alexandra at Priestfield we'll have a preview to that game in tomorrow's podcast well, that's all from us for today thanks ever so much for listening don't forget you can follow us on Facebook Twitter Instagram and TikTok you can also get an update at the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing and to sign up to that you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk News you can trust 
This is the Kent Online Podcast.